This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool 2, Sheffield United 1, Diogo Jota rescuing the Reds from VAR to get back to winning ways. I'm Guy Clark, welcome to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we bring you reaction to the Reds' win at Anfield with Roberto Firmino and Jota on the score sheet against the Blades. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp has his say on the match winner. Diogo scored a super goal um, and was really involved in the game. And he can be much better, um, 100%, and uh, that's good news. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst reflects on the tale of the game. Liverpool refused to lick their wounds and bemoan their bad luck. It was Diogo Jota who scored a fine header moments later after Salah's goal was disallowed and uh, Liverpool finally had the lead. Plus, we hear from you, the fans. Once again, when the chips are down, these boys just run to the pantry, get the sack of potatoes and fry up another batch. Got any ketchup, Pep? Fancy some chilli sauce, Ole? Yeah, me neither. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool have gone level pegging at the top of the Premier League with Everton after a hard-fought 2-1 win here at Anfield against Sheffield United. Uh, it was a difficult one for Liverpool. Um, they started obviously with, uh, with Fabinho at the back alongside Joe Gomez, um, Jürgen Klopp. Uh, played something of a 4-2-3-1 with Diogo Jota starting alongside the familiar-looking front three. Um, and at times in the first half, it didn't really work. Um, it seemed as if... Uh, that the directive from Klopp was to switch positions as much as possible and try and confuse Sheffield United's back three, but uh, it didn't really work. Liverpool really struggled to get going after a couple of early chances. Trent Alexander-Arnold nearly scoring one of the goals of the season from his own half. Uh, but Liverpool fell behind in controversial circumstances, it has to be said. Uh, it looked like Fabinho won the ball on the very edge of the box from uh, Oliver McBurney. Um, Mike Dean initially gave a free kick on the edge of the box before VAR had a look at it and uh, as seems to be the case at the moment ruled against Liverpool um, and Sanderberg put the penalty away uh, as I say Liverpool really struggled to create anything of note but managed to get the way back into it when um, Sadio Mane's header was saved by Adam Ramsdale and uh, Sadio Mane sorry uh, Roberto Firmino scored his first of the season with a simple tap-in um, Liverpool thought they'd made it 2-1 in the second half with a piece of genius from Mohamed Salah as he brought down Trent Alexander-Arnold's ball over the top uh, two touches and ended up in the back of the net before he even touched the ground. But once again, VAR ruled against Liverpool there uh, this time. Um, Liverpool couldn't have too many complaints. Salah was just offside. Um, but Liverpool refused to lick their wounds and bemoan their bad luck. It was Diogo Jota who scored uh, a fine header moments later after Salah's goal was disallowed. And uh, Liverpool finally had the lead. One that they would keep uh, Joe Gomez and Fabinho at the back again. Um, they were fantastic for the last 15-20 minutes, really shutting out Sheffield United who... Uh, brought the fight to Liverpool, it has to be said, but uh, Liverpool held on. Um, they come away with a 2-1 win. They move up to 13 points after six games played. Uh, it hasn't been perfect so far for Liverpool this season, but they are level pegging with Everton, new player uh, Southampton tomorrow. So Liverpool 2, Sheffield United 1. Uh, as I say, Liverpool uh, go level pegging with Everton at the top of the Premier League. It's now over to Everton to see what they can do against Southampton on Sunday. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst at Anfield then reacting to the 2-1 win over Sheffield United. Diogo Jota, the match winner, becoming the first Reds player since Sadio Mane in September 2016 to score in his first two Premier League appearances 
at Anfield for the Reds. Not bad company to be in, is it? Well, let's get now to Jurgen Klopp speaking with the media after the game. Jurgen, first of all, how pleased are you with that performance and results in overall this week in response after the Merseyside derby? Good, tough week, obviously. Um, a lot of games, a lot of um, minutes and um, tough opponents, hard-fighting opponents, um, one the two after the Merseyside derby. Um, and so, um, really pleased with that, obviously. Um, that's it. And obviously, the controversial moment in the first half was the, the penalty for Sheffield United. I don't know if you had a chance to see it again. If so, what was your view? No foul. So, uh, so um, oh. it's now, I don't know, it was six game, game number six in the season, if I'm right. In three of them, we were on the wrong end of the of these kind of decisions. Um, um, it's not about um, we want to have any advantage. We just didn't, don't want to have any disadvantage, how you can imagine. And um, so that's the situation now. Today, we were really good in the start of the game. The penalty we conceded um, gave Sheffield a proper boost. Um, until then, they couldn't really get us, to be honest, but um, with all the quality they have and the, the problems they caused us. But it was good until then. And then um, we were a bit too, we lost a bit of patience, um, did not exactly what we wanted to do, actually. Um, scored anyway a goal in the situation, in, in the best attack, actually, when the, when the formation wasn't the best place and all this stuff. So, when in half time, just a few things, started really well in the second half um, and scored a second goal. Scored another one, which was, I don't know anymore, offside or not. Um, and um, then Mo had this incredible chance, super play of him. Um, and yeah, didn't score. And so it, it, it stayed, the game stayed open. And uh, they had their moments, and um, but we defended well with a, with a big heart. And so I liked it. James Pierce, James, you're on next. You need to unmute and then get over. Yeah. Hi, Jürgen. Can I just ask you about the change of formation tonight? What was... Was was that a way of getting Jota and the the normal front three in the in the same team? And how did you think it worked? Good in a lot of moments. Yes, it was not so much about getting Diogo on the pitch um, because he can play a lot of positions um, in our in our actual situation in our actual uh, formation or usual formation. Um, no, it was like um, how can we start? How can we change? How can we do all the stuff which is? Uh, important in the game. Um, how can we cause them problems? Look, Sheffield United has a big a big advantage, obviously, that they prepare a full week for our game, so they can like they can do twelve different set pieces training to train them during the week. <laughs> we have recovery sessions, and um, so we thought with a slight change we could at least give them some some um, problems as well. Um, but we did actually. I think the very first ball was an incredible ball. We didn't play them that ball anymore, unfortunately. Uh, when Sadio um, uh, was through and um, Mo was nearly there, um, so yes, the idea was just to not to change too much for us because it's only in moments. Of course, defending-wise, it's completely different. Offensively, it's not that different, but gives us an extra option. Uh, brought Mo in a different position, where I have to say he played an incredible game. But, um, so Mo and Sadio didn't score, but played outstanding. Sadio was in a 1-1 situation. It's pretty much undefendable. Mo between the lines, sensational, super chance. Um, and um, yeah, and the other two boys scored and played good as well. So that, that helps, obviously. Thank you. We've got questions from Carl Markham and Neil Jones, and that's it. Carl first, and then on to Neil. Hi, Jürgen. You got Alison back today, which was probably a bit earlier than you expected. How much of a bonus is that for you? 
Look, Adrian um, did really well again um, in that moment, but uh, getting Ali back is uh, is of course a pretty pretty <laughs> big boost for all of us. Um, it was uh, uh, now nearly three weeks he was out. I think um, feels like we had 50 games in between now and then, and um, I, I really. I um, was really happy when he when he gave green light and said yes, I'm I'm ready because it was his decision. I cannot make the decision for for him and tell him do you still feel pain or too much pain when you when you bounce on the ground or whatever. So it was his decision and he said thumbs up, and so we were happy. Okay, Neil Jones and then Dom King and then that's it, Neil. Uh, yeah, Neil? on Jota, he's already made a, a decent impact. Obviously, good player. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can hear you. Yeah, looks a good player. I mean, can you just talk about what's obviously what he's brought to the team and how pleased you've been with how he's settled in? Oh, it's not so much what, he, what he's brought in the team. It's, it's He's a good player. That's why we signed him. And he says, yeah, that's what I really love. I said it only a few minutes ago because the, the Chris Wilder press conference was obviously pretty long. So I was always together with my coaches and I said, it's so easy. Uh, he's such a likable person, so it's so easy to 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 like him, and um, that makes everything easier. And then the player is 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 quick. He has uh, his physicality is really strong. Um, can is good in the air, good on the ground, a lot of good things. So, but that's exactly the quality we need, and um, so that that helps a lot. And tonight, that was a game where they all four played up front uh, together, and you you know how good Shakiri was at um, at Amsterdam, and he's he's close, obviously. Um, Taki is very close, and um, so all these things help, of course. This is the area, long may it stay like this, where we have in the moment options. Um, in midfield, we had to make the decision. So we push the same midfield through again or whatever. How can we change then and all these kind of things? It's it's we thought it's better to change the system before the game um, and go back to the actual system than to change the system in the game when we have to change. And um that's why we decided for tonight. And yes, Jogo scored a super goal. Um and was really involved in the game, and he can be much better. Um, one hundred percent, and uh, that's good news. And final question from the press conference, Dom King. Dom to finish. Yeah, and just, just on that point about Jota, you, you've always um, said that new players who come into your team, they need a bit of time to adjust, to get to know your style, your way of working. Given that he's already scored two goals and he's making an influence, and the circumstances that you've got now with so many games and whatever, as, as the sort of way that he's adjusted so quickly, su- taking you by surprise or pleasantly surprised you? Well, not sure by surprise. He's still, he's still adapting. So um, um, that a lot of things are in a moment what we do are not natural to him. But that's only because Wolves plays different. But a lot of things what what he did for Wolves are exactly what we want him to do. So um, yes, that he is that close already um, is just a sign how good a player he is. And um, um, yeah, how I said. If he stays fit, he's 23, he's, he's, he's the future is bright, let me say it like this. Um, and we will need his quality and um, I'm really happy that he settled nicely so far. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thanks, boss. See you. Bye. See you uh, Monday. Bye-bye. Jürgen Klopp will be back in front of the media ahead of Tuesday's Champions League tie with Midtjylland. He can't wait. I bet he can't. Well, let's now move on here on the Blood Red podcast. We'll dip into our Blood Red podcast Facebook group shortly. But before that, let's hear from some of our regular contributors, Lauren Black shortly. But first up is Matt Whitty. Well, we got the job done and it was much, much harder than expected. 
and just the kind of performance you just kind of thought that would not be acceptable in the first half at Anfield were there fans in the stadium. Yeah, there was just, yeah, it, it just wouldn't have happened. But there's no fans and we've just got to get used to this new way of uh, playing. And yeah, we I, th- I thought we were just so tame in the first half, really. It was slow. Um, they're a difficult team to play against and they took the lead through a pretty dodgy penalty, to be honest. Um I mean, I didn't really think it was a foul. I didn't really think it was in the area. And I kind of was here watching on VAR thinking, oh, they're just going to say no. And then they gave it. And you think, wow. Yeah, that's, that's given. And yeah, but overall in the first half, we have to blame ourselves for just not being at the races. We were so slow in passing. We could not break through there. Um, you know, five, three, two, really, and yeah, and that, and that's our job to do that. Yeah, and we could have conceded a penalty. I mean, as soft as theirs was, um, I thought the second penalty shout they had, uh, I think it was Jota. Um, yeah, I thought that was a Ben. I thought he dangled his leg, caught him. I didn't get anywhere near the ball. Yeah, I thought it was a Ben. But yeah, second half, I thought was a different story and I thought we just grabbed the game. Um, I thought Henderson was magnificent. I just thought he just dictated the play, really. He was just bossing everyone around. And I think that if anyone doesn't understand what Henderson brings to this game, um, they should just look around 80 minutes and see how good he was um, in the box uh, at our end bossing it in midfield and dictating the play at the, at the other end of the pitch. I mean, that is what he does. And when you go to the game, you see him week in, week out, doing all of that stuff, the dirty work. He's one of our most vocal players. But yeah, he was just a brilliant example today where you can kind of see he's dictating every part of what we do. And yeah, I think the last word has to go to uh, Jota. I thought he was... Excellent today. I mean, of all the things we thought that we'd be getting with Jota, towering headers at the back post was not one of them. But uh, yeah, he got there and uh, yeah, brilliant. And uh, yeah, great to see him get that get that goal. And yeah, joint top of the league behind on goal difference for now. But uh, yeah, happy days. Lauren Black here to give my thoughts on Liverpool's win against Sheffield United tonight at Anfield. Uh, firstly, back to winning ways in the Premier League following a defeat to Aston Villa and a draw against Everton in the Merseyside derby last weekend. Um, it was a very hard-fought win for Liverpool tonight against a Sheffield United side at the bottom of the table who are in desperate need of, of a win and some more points on the board after only picking up one point so far against Fulham last week. It was almost a similar game I felt to Ajax in midweek. A lot of pressure on us both defensively and offensively and then Obviously, Sheffield go 1-0 up and I'm more than happy to, to sit behind the ball and let us have a lot of possession, but not give us any room to try and make something happen. The penalty decision was a was a very dodgy one again for me. Um, they are not really giving us anything lately, it seems. I, I thought it was clearly um, a foul on the, on, on the edge of the area. I thought a free kick was the right decision, but 
obviously I'm not in charge and it goes the other way but obviously we're able to come back so it's a good thing that we were able to to get the points. I thought Ethan Ampadu for Sheffield was was amazing in midfield tonight so you've got to give credit where credit's due and they, they did they did give us a tough game. Very happy to see Alison back in goal this evening. It was I think it would have been a bit of touch and go today about whether or not to throw him in and I was concerned that maybe it was too early considering he wasn't supposed to be back yet but um, if he's match fit then there's no other option in my opinion he, he does have to play um, Adrian has been okay in recent weeks but you can't help but feel that little bit safer with Alisson in goal Joe Gomez again played very well for me obviously filling in Virgil van Dijk's position on the left side of the fence again the, the stats don't lie yeah, the 94% pass accuracy 8 clearances, 6 aerial duels 1, 5 ball recoveries and 2 interceptions um, just a brilliant performance and I think you know, he's really stepped up to the plate in the last two games, last three games, if you count Everton. And, um, yeah, he's definitely put on some really mature performances re- recently. Obviously, Diogo Jota deserves a mention as well, with match winner tonight and with a brilliant header. I thought it was the wrong decision from Mane at first to put the ball in the box, considering Jota, who isn't the tallest player, was the only one waiting. But he proved me wrong and towered over the Sheffield United defence. And, um, yeah, it was a great game for him full of energy, which is what you want. And he seemed to work very well with the with the usual forward line. So it's really nice to see that you can fit both Jota, Salah, Mane and Firmino all on the pitch at the same time. You don't have to sacrifice one of them in order to accommodate the other. Games coming thick and, thick and fast for Liverpool now. Champions League action again in midweek. Um, at home this time against Michelin, but... You know, gutted to not be attending a Champions League night at Anfield, but I'm sure we'll do our best to get all three points and make it two wins out of two so far in Europe. Lauren, following on from Matt, we've already heard plenty of VAR chat and I'm sure there's still even more to come. On that theme, here's Ross. Another hard-earned 2-1 victory against the stubborn Sheffield United side, but yet again, the thing that I'm talking about is the dreaded VAR. Absolutely woeful. Absolutely woeful. Liverpool, you know, they started... I thought they started quite brightly in the first five or ten minutes. They were playing a very attacking side. You know, looked like a 4-2-4, basically. Looked for your four attackers with Jota coming in and just the two midfielders. and Very attacking side. Very positive side. And I thought they were good the first five or ten minutes. And then... VAR's intervened with what I can only describe as a woeful decision. Uh, Fabinho's made the challenge and that is not a penalty. That is not a penalty in anyone's eyes. First and foremost, if you look at it again, which VAR obviously did, he won the ball. Outright he won the ball and the tackle was not inside the penalty area. How on earth that has given us a penalty... The mind absolutely boggles. Not for one second did I think they were even going to give it. But they give it another shocking decision. VAR strangling the life out of football. And yeah, they go 1-0 up. And after that, I thought Sheffield United would be really good. Liverpool lost the way a lot in that first half. And I don't know if it was the, the formation and the fact that we only had the two midfield but we really, we really seemed to struggle in that first half to get everyone involved. And Sheffield United, they had a couple of good chances. I thought McBurney and Brewster for them, who played played on our centre-backs, I thought they were a real handful, McBurney in particular. 
put himself about physically and he won every ball and he was a real threat. Brewster done a job until he went off and we know about Bruce Davies' quality, but yeah, them two seemed to link up well and I thought they were a real handful. Could have had a couple of had a couple of chances and yeah, we really struggled to get going in that in, in that first half after the goal. And it was it was only it must have been five minutes before the end where we've we've managed to get back into the game with for me, no goal off a bit of skill from Mane and that, and but yet again for me, and this is this is the whole me whole issue I've got with VAR. Your decisions are a joke. Don't get me wrong, but Liverpool score, and the very first thing you think you're not celebrating a goal like you used to. You're stopping and you're thinking, are they going to disallow it? You don't want to look stupid by celebrating and going wild because you're thinking they're going to disallow it. And for me, that is, that's football. That was what I fell in love, in love with football. The moment of when you score, there's no greater feeling in the world. But now when there's a goal, there's a little thing in your head and you think, right, let's just wait if it's... And that's, it's absolutely strangling emotion. The joy out of football is absolutely being strangled. And I had to wait, you know, a minute or so for that confirmation that the goal's been given. And then what you're doing, a little fist bump and going, yeah, it's it's not right, is it? That is not football and VAR for me is absolutely yeah, it's it's it was really low really low for me that today when that but it was a strange one. The goal goes in, you celebrate him and then you're not celebrating you you hold him back. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm so disillusioned with this VAR and Yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. We go into the second half. I think Liverpool much brighter in the second half. Probably settled into the formation a little bit better. A few more chances, but you know, Sheffield United they were dogged and they were well organised and they had a couple of chances themselves still. And I think if they have any sort of performances like that, they'll be okay going forward. I thought they were a decent, decent side. It was a, it was a tough game for the Reds, but yeah, and. So Salah had that goal that was disallowed by VAR. Wonderful finish, wonderful bit of skill. Probably was just a yard offside. A couple of minutes later, Joss has got the actual crucial second goal, the winner. Great bit of skill down down the left-hand side and it's come in. Great header. I think it was about 65 minutes gone. Jota made up for Jota. He was much better in the second half. Really struggled first half, but much better second half. And... Yeah, we've ended up winning the game 2-1. Really good performance in the end in that second half. I thought Joe Gomez coming on from the other night, who was really good the other night. Probably one of the better players there. Could have a shout for man of the match. Thought he was excellent. That can only help his confidence going forward. Good to have Alisson obviously back in goal. He makes a huge difference just for the confidence of the back four, the confidence of the midfield. But I think... I think formation-wise, they'd be looking to surely slot like someone like Thiago back into that side when he's fit and just slightly off balance with the four up front, the four attackers. I think you could sacrifice one of them for a Thiago and it's just a slightly better balanced side. But all in all, a very dogged performance. Deserve, I think just about deserved the win in the end. And yeah, we've got the points and we move on to the next game. Just to, just like to mention the fact that the, uh, the work Spurs of Shankly have done and you know getting this money for the food banks and boycotting Sky Sports great great little initiative and I'm 
proud to say I was part of that today. Don't need to be 15 quid to the food bank. Let's keep that going. That's a wonderful thing that all football fans are doing. I think they raised something like 70, 80 grand before kickoff from what I've seen on Twitter. So, yeah, we won't be paying any pay-per-views this year, I'll tell you that. We'll always find a way to watch that game and Liverpool fans found a way to watch that game without Sky Sports robbing us of another 15 quid. So that was another positive tonight. Made up for the local or local food banks that have got the money and everyone's a winner with that one. So, yeah, that's it now. We go into Champions League again midweek. Michelin rotate the squad, use some of the players and, yeah, let's keep on going, Reds. Come on, Reds. Ross with his sentiments there and having his say on the work of Spirit of Shankly. Still plenty to come, though, here on Post Game. More views, opinion and reflections. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-1 win at Anfield against Sheffield United. Great start, wasn't it? Really looked like the Liverpool of old and great to have Alison Becker back that that thunderous kick down the field looking for Mo Salah, which has in some ways become his signature, um, was evident again. And, and that first five, ten minutes, just Liverpool looked really alive. The free kick from Trent inside his own half it seemed to me as if Liverpool were going to have a, a stellar day and score four or five. And then there was the, the VAR madness. I, like Jurgen Klopp and like I'm sure many of you, saw a challenge where the ball was won by Fabinho and uh, VAR then looks to see whether the contact that was made in the process was inside the penalty area, which it may well have been, but the point is the contact was not a foul because the ball was won. I should tell you that watching Premier, Premier League productions here in Singapore, both Michael Owen and Ryan Giggs were quite certain that VAR had got it right because they focused on the trailing lead, Fabinho's, Fabinho's trailing leg, having committed the foul. But it's all part of the same challenge where the ball was won as far as I'm concerned. So I just don't get that at all. If VAR is going to look to see where the contact took place, surely they can also look and tell the referee that there was no foul because the ball was won. We need uh, video assistant referees, but they are just not applying um, the the opportunities they get correctly, and it, it's very frustrating indeed. Uh, we got the points so, though, and um, it was nice to see four two three one. We all know that the favoured formation is four three three, but I think we, as fans, get quite um, quite happy to see uh, the prospect of a four two three one because it means more attacking players on the field. Genie and Hendo in a in a defensive two. And then um, Jota coming in uh, to mean really that we've effectively got four attacking players on the field. I I think that we may well see that in the Champions League as well. I don't think uh, the side that we're playing are particularly well fancied. You see that Atalanta gave them a bit of a good hiding in the middle of the week. This game being at Anfield uh, on Tuesday night, I think it is. I think gives us the opportunity to play a similar attacking formation, but I'm, I don't think we'll see the same personnel. Um, I do think there'll be some changes there, uh, given that we have um, West Ham at the weekend, and then after that we've got 
big games away from home in the Champions League and then uh, also Manchester City away from home. I think the opportunity will be taken to rest players. But yes, I, I look forward to hopefully seeing that that 4-3-1 formation again. Sheffield United didn't press us, did they? And that meant that for a while, particularly in the first half, we found it difficult to get the ball out from our back four. It's always very nice to see us stroking the ball around sweetly uh, among our defenders, but it doesn't really take too long before we bring in the Hendersons or the Wijnaldums and then push the ball forward. But because Sheffield United didn't press, there wasn't really the opportunity to make that incisive ball forward. No wonder against teams like that whether uh, Thiago Alcantara will really come into his own there because we've seen... In, in the little we have seen of him so far in, a, in Liverpool shirt, that he's very able to clip the ball forward, looks for those incisive balls um, into the spaces uh, in between uh, oncoming players. And I, I think he will be a useful weapon in breaking that type of opposition set up down. So, yeah, hopefully we can get some players fit soon and um, we can employ the strength that we undoubtedly have in our squad. Just a quick focus on two individuals. I think Andy Robertson had another solid game and and he really has been uh, pretty consistent this season. Um, I think uh, he's been been a real attacking force and um, although he's played very well in the last two seasons, I I see him being even stronger in this campaign and and that's really good. Conversely, even though Bobby got the goal, it it wasn't... um, you know, it wasn't the most difficult strike he's ever accomplished. And I still don't really see from Bobby Firmino what we've enjoyed seeing, let's say, 12 months ago um, when it, when he was really on fire and linking up Mane and Salah in such a world-class fashion. I, I think it might be time to mix it up a little bit. I'm certainly not giving up on Bobby Firmino, but the idea of bringing Jota into a three... Uh, or Minamino, who who also hasn't totally convinced me. But let's mix it up a little bit, perhaps with the opportunity to do that in midweek in the Champions League at home. Uh, Give probably a bit of a rest, maybe, and and, um, see if he can recover some of that great form. Good three points again. Uh, Just look for the the Toffees to lose tomorrow. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. What a win! What a marvellous, marvellous win against 12 men, including VAR, without the famous Anfield crowd cheering us on, without the very best centre-half in the world, without one of the very best midfielders in the world. The odds were stacked against the Reds in many ways tonight. However, once again, when the chips are down, these boys just run to the pantry, get the sack of potatoes, and fry up another batch got any ketchup pep fancy some chili sauce ole there is a lot to unpack in this game there's a lot to analyze Klopp went for a 4-2-3-1 with a, a front four you know it looked promising at times but a little too condensed for me 
Um, I'm not quite sure it needs a bit of tweaking, but well done to Jordan Henderson, well done to Jeannie Vinealdum. They were absolutely brilliant. And they weren't the only brilliant uh, players. I thought Joe Gomez was absolutely excellent today, very dominant. He challenged well in the air against the difficult, difficult Sheffield United players. Um, and attacking-wise, it took some magical crosses from the right and the left to finally snap the stubborn blades. But we deserved it in the end. 17 shots to 12, 5 shots on target to 2 on target for them. We definitely deserved it. We thoroughly deserved it. This was a win to savour, a win to share for all of the Liverpool family. I'm delighted for everyone. For Jürgen, for you, for the boys, for Jordan Henderson, for absolutely everybody, for Carol and Caroline in the canteen. And I'm delighted for you, the listener. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, and we seem very much like we're in it to win it this season, don't we? Owen and Steve here with us on the post-game podcast with their reflections on the 2-1 win over Sheffield United. The Reds' second one-goal winning margin victory of the season, following on, of course, from the 4-3 win over Leeds United on the opening night of the season. 14 of last season's 32 wins did come in a similar fashion. Views now, though, from the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Kobe Ben Shachar says, absolutely unbelievable. Apparently, VAR only works when it's against us. Barely a foul, let alone a penalty. Sarah Downey Ruiz Velasco says, I'll always be happy with three points. We go again midweek and I'm already excited. You'll never walk alone. Alex Horton says, I'll take three points. Opinion, I think a few more games with Fabinho and Gomez and I feel we might have a decent second choice pairing. And Ryan Deary says, get in lads, what a signing Jota is going to be. Well, for more of that, head to Facebook, search for the Blood Red podcast and join the group. It really is as simple as that. And who knows, your opinions could well feature here on the post-game podcast. Before we go, a few more thoughts to hear. Mark Baker with the last to have his say. But before that, here's Hannah Pinnock, who wants to have her say on the Reds' defensive options. A massive win for Liverpool and a huge three points on the night. Um, with the starting lineup, I think I can speak on behalf of every Liverpool fan who is absolutely over the moon <laughs> to see Alisson back in the starting lineup rather than Adrian. Um, you know, showed his importance. There was one moment where he got caught on the ball, but other than that, he was solid and he's the best goalkeeper in the world. What do you expect? Um, you know, made some really important saves, and you know, I, I don't know if we would have won that game if 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 it wasn't for Allison. So. That was massive. Um, obviously, we're in the early stages of life without Virgil van Dijk. Um, Fabinho was the standout performer against Ajax midweek, but Joe Gomez was the star of the defence tonight, particularly second half. He was absolutely immense. Time will tell um, just how much Virgil van Dijk's absence will affect us this season, but so far, um, we've coped with it quite well. Um, so long as we can get through to January with little to no <laughs> injuries to our current centre-backs. Obviously, Matip's out at the moment, but so long as we can get through to January, obviously then we'll sign, or hopefully sign, another centre-back. Um, we should have signed one in the summer after selling Lovren, but I guess it wasn't a priority, but it is a priority now. So, um, 
we're comfortable with it so far I would say um it's not been too too much of a drastic difference um you know defensively even with Van Dyke this season we've struggled so um you know not too much to be concerned about there in terms of the actual game I thought we started particularly well um definitely the better side for the first 10 minutes had some very very decent chances um obviously then there was a penalty um don't really know what to say to be honest it you start questioning yourself and your own um thoughts on and beliefs on the rules uh VAR only looked at whether or not it was inside the box which I believe technically if it's on the line it is but not really looking at whether or not it was an actual foul and I guess I guess it's one of those where it's so I mean looking at through red tinted glasses I'm saying it is absolutely not a foul and that Fabinho won the ball but a few pundits I've heard say that that it was a foul it was more the the follow-through if anything and that there, there was contact so it's it's one of them but VAR has not been our friend the last few games and and some something needs to change and obviously thankfully um despite a very poor first half we went in at half time 1-1 I think that's Firmino's first goal of the season I'm pretty sure so I hope that does his confidence the world of good even though it was a tapping and I'd be concerned if he didn't score it but given his form of late that that goal should be massive for him um but to go in at 1-1 one, one, one half time so important because we were abysmal um we that that penalty decision I think absolutely rattled us we completely lost control of the midfield and and we could have been two or three down um really if if it gone another way um you know when that penalty was given and it went in started having flashbacks of Villa so um wasn't an easy first half um but thankfully we got there and and second half I thought we were much much better um obviously Gomez in particular in the defense second half absolutely incredible um I thought Salah looked very lively especially in the second half probably all of the front three really um did their jobs tonight I thought other than the goal Firmino was a little bit invisible but then he did get the goal that you know got us back into the game so you can't really criticize it um but I thought Salah was immense I thought he was incredibly unlucky not to score obviously the touch and the control for his goal that got ruled out is so unlucky um it was offside but it's just VAR isn't it um one of those where you stop celebrating goals now because (laughs) VAR will find something wrong with it um but I thought Salah was immense and then obviously the post denying him um another goal (laughs) um but Jota again Mane the creator Jota the goal scorer um I thought that was a phenomenal goal and, and a deserved one to win us the game really so very positive performance tonight obviously VAR will probably again be the talk of of the game less so this week because we actually won but there are some serious issues with VAR that need to be addressed but for Liverpool job done massive three points and on to the Champions League midweek well basically reflecting on Liverpool versus Sheffield United in the Premier League a game 
Liverpool for me never really had total control of. Although, when I say that, sometimes you forget. Obviously, with Liverpool winning the league last year, you think to yourself, you know, dominance, won so many home games, won so many games in, in total. But there was plenty of games which they won by the odd goal margin. So maybe I shouldn't be so surprised that a game ends up going to the wire against what you'd call a, a lower to mid-ranking Premier League team because that happens on numerous occasions last season as well. I did feel that, obviously, Klopp changed the system to accommodate uh, Diego Giotta in the starting lineup, and I felt maybe that was you know, a contributing factor in terms of Liverpool not playing their, their default system of a 4-3-3, instead going to a, a 4-2-3-1, and obviously that that rhythm, if you like, of, of players picking up the same positions, operating in the same areas, probably didn't help the cohesion. I felt obviously Klopp had... Well, it'd be interesting, actually, if Klopp did that in premeditated in terms of going up against Sheffield United's back three and feeling that it required a, a tweak from Liverpool. Maybe it's the case that, obviously, Liverpool have played in midweek. Sheffield United have had a three-week... Could it be a physical thing that he felt that Liverpool, just in terms of individually in that central midfield area, that his options were maybe a bit more limited to play three men in there? I mean, I'm just... All of a sudden, Liverpool look a bit threadbare in that actual central midfield area. I mean, I believe for for at least over a year now that James Milner's been operating below the level, the level sorry, to, to, to operate for Liverpool in that central midfield area. And maybe Klopp feels that yeah, especially in Premier League games now that Milner will not be a starting player. I thought he was really poor against Ajax as well in midweek. And maybe he believes the cameo appearances are more more likely for him this season. And therefore when in with the two with Van Alden and Henderson and obviously that allowed an extra forward player to be in the side. So I really don't know if it was a contributory factor of both of that adapting to Sheffield United, which wouldn't be the norm for Liverpool to adapt as the opposition or a case of actual bodies and, and who are, who he believed were the best players to the best formation to get the best players on the field to play at this moment in time. Obviously Curtis Jones another option, but roared in that field and obviously came off at half time against Ajax. So so yeah, it, you know, either way, it didn't really work. I felt there was uh, especially a period in the in the second half where it was really worrying in terms of Liverpool having a lack of control in the game. Having said that, though, there's still are opportunities in which they could have seen the game off with Salah, especially with, obviously, a, a disallowed goal and then a fantastic spin and turn. But I suppose Liverpool, in the first game after, or first Premier League game after Van Dijk's absence, have got to learn to cope without the player. Obviously, I talked about this in the, in the last podcast and how they could... Um, manage a situation in which they have to cope without an irreplaceable or the irreplaceable player in their squad. And I felt, and I mentioned in the last one, that Fabino, if he is isolated in 1v1 duels, would struggle. <clears throat> I think we've seen that in the second half in which he was rolled on the on the near touchline and I felt he, he had a really uncomfortable night, Fabino. I believe that one of the great strengths of the player is his anticipation, and I mentioned this, his ability to read the game, steal possession, high up the field, that kind of thing. And often when he's making them decisions and you know his decision-making is excellent, then it means that he can really get Liverpool on the front foot. And 
However, he is a risk taker in that sense, in trying to win the ball, often vacating his position with a risk reward to try and steal it. And I think we've seen that with, obviously, the penalty given away. Now, forget about the case of if it was inside, whether it was a foul, whatever it may be. The decision was reckless from the player. He, first of all, it was a, a bad mistake in terms of the clearance, but he added to that mistake with a piece of rash thinking in terms of diving in. Now, listen, he may have got the ball, I'm sure he did, but the follow-through is always going to be a foul in this day and age, and it's it's one that maybe you can afford to make higher when you're playing higher and pressing the game, but in the position that he's now playing, he can't afford to make that, and obviously it put Liverpool in a really disadvantaged position. And I think that would be the concern. He's very much a front-foot player, and in that deeper area of the pitch... I don't think you can take that sort of risk. Added to the fact as well that his mobility when he's caught in them 1v1 situations could sometimes be found wanting. Obviously, Sheffield United knew the fans like was going to be out. Very much play an aerial game in terms of second balls, which I felt Liverpool struggled to manage. Although, I believe in the second half, Joe Gomez was excellent. And I've mentioned before that in the post-fans I hear it, Joe Gomez is going to have to be excellent because it looks like he's going to be the senior figure, especially with Matip. Again, not in the squad today, disappointingly, because I think it has to be Matip and Gomez going forward if, if Liverpool can somehow get the player fit. Um, and I think teams will be looking at that performance from Fabinho tonight and, and they'll certainly be targeting that area when they play Liverpool. And I suppose... Every way I keep looking at it, and I know Liverpool aren't reactive buyers in the market, but the more I think about it, I just can't see a scenario where Liverpool don't try and extract a player out of a club who, and listen, I don't know what that player might be, who's got the profile to play for Liverpool and, and sort of look to accelerate the deal, because I don't think Liverpool can realistically go through the whole season with an injury-prone Matip and, and Fabinho as a regular fill-in in that role. But listen, it, it's the first game. They were playing a game ideally unsuited, I suppose, in terms of aerial balls into the box. But yeah, it, it didn't look comfortable for Liverpool, I would say that. I suppose on the on the plus side, Liverpool got the win in the end, and that in the you know in trying to manage and, and adapt to being without Van Dijk will again be a step forward in terms of confidence. Mark and Hanno, the last with their say here on the post-game podcast then after the win over Sheffield United. Don't forget we'll have more reaction to the win over the Blades in Monday's Blood Red podcast as well as looking ahead to the visit of FC Midtjylland in the Champions League on Tuesday night. Until next time though here on Blood Red, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel.